0: folks welcome to this xbox life episode number 524 titled frosty summer this is the show about the xbox video games gaming anything else we want to talk about i am rob your host for today and uh i'm glad to have you for another fun exciting episode of this xbox life uh real quick a couple things before we get on with the show I want to make the announcement that uh, we're on Twitch Mixer and YouTube Sunday nights approximately 10 p.m. Central-ish or so. And um, also that the show is not affiliated with Microsoft or the Xbox in any uh, way. Uh, This is a show done by fans for fans of the Microsoft Xbox. The views and opinions on the show do not reflect those of Microsoft. And... uh, Let's see. Yeah, I'll go into what I've been playing this week. So a couple of the usual contenders, um, played a little bit of Anthem, some Fortnite Save the World, and some Fortnite. Uh, we're into week, what, seven of Fortnite right now? Um, yeah, seven. About halfway through week seven. And so the, you know, the pressure's on. Got another, what, two and a half weeks, something like that, three weeks before the season ends and gotta wrap up the battle royale uh, battle pass challenges so that's one thing it's it's kind of funny how it works out every single season basically i always leave the stuff i concentrate on other games or i do a lot of save the world in the beginning of the season and then it's a rush 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 to catch up because hey you got to get your goods right even though i never use most of the uh, things that they give you I'm a creature of habit I guess but uh, also uh, I played a little bit of um, Star Trek Fleet command on the phone which uh, I've talked about it before and this game is uh, turning out to be a little source of frustration lately so initially I kind of liked it I liked the progression system that it had you know I, I'm always a uh, I've always been a Star Trek fan. And, you know, I I, I like the whole universe, the storylines, the history of it all. And, you know, Star Wars as well. But um, the thing that I really liked was the progression system and how you go on missions. And, you know, it's getting to the point of where, I don't say it's grindy, but one of those where they really punish you if you don't pay. And there's been a couple of games, I'm looking at you, Clash of Clans where they just make you wait forever for things. And the thing that I don't like, and they took this right out of the Clash of Clans playbook, is that I got my, so you you have this uh, space station basically that houses all your materials and you have what, par steel, titanium and dilithium, amongst other things. So you generate these things and then people attack you and they take your stuff. While And for me, usually happens like in the middle of the night, like two, three in the morning. And it's like attack, attack, attack. Like what these people do is they go in and they attack and they might lose and they weaken you and then they heal themselves and then they just attack you over and over and over and over and over. Now you have like very little defenses and they just take all your stuff. I mean, that really pissed me off. That happened last night, (laughs) most recently. But uh, another irritant for this thing is, and I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago when Mark was interested in joining the show, I mean, joining the uh, game as well, was that apparently when you start up the game, you put, get put into a server and the servers are all siloed. So I can get in a server, you know, Mark can get in a server, you can get in a server. We could be in three different servers. We can never play together and you can't change servers. So supposedly this is something that they were going to be working on um, we shall see, but uh, yeah, this game is fallen down in the rankings very quickly. But anyway, um, there was that, and there was something else that I played as well. And Now I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, so in the Epic Store, they came out with uh, a game called Satisfactory. So it's a game that's in early release Uh, beta, early access, preview, whatever you want to call it. So uh, this is a a game that was was built by or made by the same people that did Goat Simulator, (laughs) which is that game has been around forever. It's on every platform and everything. But what was interesting about this was that basically you are part of a, I don't know, a, a mining company or something. So, there's this company that basically drops people down on two planets. So you get your own planet and you're trying to colonize it. And it's one of those where it's basically like a resource gathering engine building games, but it's in a first person perspective. So instead of like this top down view and this is like top down, that goes back to so many different games, everything from like Warcraft to Command and Conquer to more recent games that uh, that have come out, you know, where basically you start off somewhere and then you have to explore the area, and then from there you're collecting, like let's say, you know, wood and minerals and whatever. <laughs> is important in that particular game you're collecting all these you're bringing them back and you're building your base. Well, this is a similar kind of thing, but what you're doing is you're doing it all from the first person perspective. So when you are, you know, looking to explore to see what's around, you know, you you are running or walking through the landscape of this planet and you're finding that stuff and you have technology on your side. So in the beginning of the game, you you have this little drop ship, ODST or whatever you have this drop ship that comes down and then you start building your base. You start exploring, there's wildlife and it looks good. And, um, and it's, it's interesting, but it's also very grindy. And I don't know how I feel about it. I was pretty excited about it initially, and I, I liked it, but it's, it's really strange. It doesn't have, like, a proper tutorial, but it's early access, preview. I get it, you know. We're, if you get the game now, you're in it to experience it, right? From the initial get-go, it's not necessarily polished. It's not necessarily complete. So uh, it was an interesting game... Like I said, I don't know how I feel about it. I sort of like lost the incentive to play it, just because I don't know. It's too much going back and forth. And I've seen people online, you know, streaming this game or or just playing it, and they make these crazy bases. And I just look at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, how much time did you spend on this? I mean. (laughs) How many hours did it take you just to build this section? But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. And uh, hopefully they'll be adding more things to it and make it a little bit, I'll say, more accessible. But it's it's an interesting take on games. You know, it's, it's interesting that they're taking that resource-gathering, engine-building genre strategy game, I guess is what you would call it, and they made it into a first-person experience. So uh, that's that's pretty neat. So, uh, yeah, got that uh, played, and I don't know, I think that's about it. And just like last week, I, I feel like I'm missing something, but uh, we shall see. I'll remember probably next week. All right, a uh, couple quick things. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, one great way to do that is through Patreon. You can go to thisxboxlife.com forward slash Patreon. Uh, Become a patron of the show. Uh, It's not required, not necessary, but it's greatly appreciated. Um, You can donate as much as like a dollar a month or more, whatever you feel is adequate. So if you get something out of the show, out of the community, and you'd like to say thanks, uh, definitely consider supporting us on there. And you can also leave us a tip at thisxboxlife.com forward slash donate. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on Twitch Mixer and YouTube. And eventually on Mixer, I'll figure out how to get that name changed, because everything seems to be episode 512 for some reason. All right, on to the roundtable. Got a little bit on this show. Again, not a whole super lot to talk about. And uh, let's see here. So first off, um, you know, Game Pass has games that come in and out, right? They have games that come in and out all the time, and we talked about some of the exits and entrances into the game, and they've expanded on that slightly. So for game pass for April, they've uh, added a couple more games, uh, especially towards the end of the month. So April 11th, that's already passed. That was what on Thursday, we're recording this on Sunday. So on Thursday, there was a, Uh, edition of prey so if you don't have this game you know it's a you know sci-fi thriller kind of game horror whatever you want to call it Uh, so that's in there also the golf club 2 i don't know much about this game but hey golfing on april 18th which is what thursday this coming week Uh, we have monster hunter world. That's, that's pretty impressive. That one's going in. And then the walking dead, a new frontier on April 24th. This must be Thursday again. Nope. This is Wednesday, April 24th. We have life is strange two episode two on the 25th, which is the Thursday resident evil five. So that is, uh, that's pretty impressive. You know, some of those games that are going in there, in particular, the Resident Evil and then also the uh, Monster Hunter World. Um, so, since some games are coming into Game Pass, we've got some departures. We talked about some of these as well. Uh, departures: We have Outlast, The Swapper, Sheltered, Homefront, The Revolution, Sonic and Knuckles on 360. Ali Ali, Ali Ali 2, XL Edition. So it's Ali Ali 2 XL Edition. Pumped BMX Plus, Unmechanical Extended, and The Golf Club. So it's uh, quite a fair amount of games. Nothing like huge. But uh, some of those are decent. I know that Ali Ali game's been around forever. So we've got that. Um, Then... Did want to talk about one game here, um, and this is the sort of title game for this show. Is uh, Frostpunk? So there, this is a game that came out some time ago. It's been on PC for well at least a year. Uh, we've got uh, Frostpunk console edition coming to Xbox. That is awesome. So. The premise of this game is it's a like city building survival game in the future. There's been some kind of cat cataclysm. The world has gotten cold, it's snowy, people are trying to survive. So you are leading a group of people that are going to, um, you know, trying to survive. And there's this like generator, in it's like a crater almost. This is a generator that you're building your city around, and you're trying to um, you're trying to maintain resources, you know, food, you know, trying to keep your people safe, getting people to go collect things. There's some hard decisions in the game, but it's really well done. It's extremely well done. So I'm really curious to see how this game turns out, and uh, it's supposed to come out this summer. Let me see if there's a release date for this. I don't see a particular release date. They're probably going to announce that later on. And uh, so the console edition is going to contain all previous free updates, including the fall of winter home. And uh, let's see. It looks like they might have all other tweaks and and so forth that are... um, be put in specifically for the console edition as well so i'm definitely excited about this and it sort of makes me want to pick up the pc version uh again because i haven't touched it in quite a while but uh i'm very excited about this so looking forward to this guy this is uh probably gonna be well we'll see i was gonna say it's a must buy but if i pick up the pc version again i start playing that one i don't know if i if I'll need to get it again but it would be very cool if it goes straight into game pass but uh yeah so Frostpunk the console edition coming this summer and then uh we had the surprise news coming from uh Respawn so they had the Star Wars uh what celebration uh, this past weekend or this weekend here and they, uh, EA, unveiled Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So this game looks pretty darn cool. If you haven't seen the trailer, definitely check it out. And uh, we'll probably hear a lot more about this game in E3, which is, what, less than two months away, or approximately two months away. And uh, the pretty cool news about this, and this is not a shocker for most people, but it's going to be amazing on Xbox One X, of course. It'll be at 4K, um, and I thought that they had the frames per second announced on that. Uh, I don't see that specifically announced, but it's going to be in 4K, and it's going to be using all those fun new features like HDR that we have available on the Xbox One X, and the variable refresh rate. So that's something, you know, think uh, what G-Sync and FreeSync and all that. So it should look pretty darn amazing on the Xbox One X if you have the appropriate uh, display and hopefully they'll get uh, 60 frames per second in there as well. So uh, again, check out that trailer if you have not yet. Check that out. And then uh, lastly, there was an interesting business article uh, in re- relating to Microsoft and the relationship that Microsoft has with Nintendo. So, you know, there's a bond sort of between it. Well, I wouldn't call it a bond. Maybe that's going a little too far. But Microsoft and Nintendo have had a close-ish relationship lately compared to the past and definitely unlike that of Sony uh, and either of the two companies. And uh, there is an analysis into that and exactly, you know, what's, what's going on there? What's going on behind the scenes? And the or a possible answer to that, because the only people I really know are the people in Nintendo and Microsoft, of course. But they're uh, working together because it's beneficial for the two companies, while Sony, with the PlayStation, who's the leader. I mean, they are winning this current generation, definitely by far, you know? So with these two companies working together, Sony kind of is odd man out. They're the ones that look like they're not playing well and, you know, that they're stuck in the past. And in the past, uh, what year, maybe a little bit longer, there's been a couple of things that Microsoft and Nintendo have done where, they've kind of, you know, fostered that relationship. So it started off initially with Minecraft. So when Microsoft, you know, bought, what, five years ago, approximately four or five years ago, when they bought uh, Mojang and, you know, they still kept it on all all the systems. So, um, and they didn't, you know, Scroll it away into just, hey, this is only on Xbox or this is only on Windows. It's still on all the different platforms. And at the same time, now you've got some other titles that are making the move, right? Over uh, onto uh, the Switch platform. We've got, what, Cuphead is one of them. And uh, I believe there was another one. I don't recall what it is right now. But, uh, you know, there's this, uh, this gaming transition that the two companies are starting to, you know, blend together. And then another thing is, you know, cross-play, of course. So, you know, there's a lot of games that are basically identical across all the different platforms, right? You know, like the Call of Duties and, and uh, Minecraft. You know, we just talked about it, you know. You've got crossplay, so the Switch can play with consoles. Well, they just—I guess—Epic just took that away. I think now uh, the Switch gets tied in with mobile devices, and it's not because of a—you know—we don't want the system to play together. It's more like it's really hard to compete on a Switch, which doesn't have the controls that are readily accessible. They're not easy, and you know, the PC and console players just annihilate them. So it's a functional split, I guess, now. But um, let's see here. And then, uh, you know, with crossplay even on Minecraft, as of, what, June 2018, so it's almost a year now, um, you can play from uh, the Switch, with Xbox one, was it uh, better together or something like that? I think was the update. I, I remember it had a name, but, uh, or play together or something. I'm sure I have that totally wrong. So you can play from Xbox, Nintendo, all the different platforms, except for of course, Sony. Hey, what are you going to do? I guess. Right. And then on the um, the latest news that we've had over the past couple of months, right? Is that there's going to be Xbox live on the switch, right? We've talked about this, uh, you know, f- within the last couple of months. And it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with that. You know, cause Xbox live is coming to mobile devices. It's coming to the switch, you know, is that just the foot in the door? They can start coming out with a lot more gaming services and stuff. But hey, it's it's cool to be able to have, you know, gamer score, have achievements, have chat parties. I mean, that's pretty cool. Because out of all the systems, you know, I think the general consensus is that Microsoft does it best. And then, um, oh, we talked about this, or I talked about this just a little bit ago. Uh, Microsoft is publishing games. Other than Minecraft and the Switch. So Cuphead and Hellblade. What Senua's something? Uh both of those are heading over to the Switch. And then um Microsoft's Game Pass service is rumored to be coming to the Switch. We don't know much about this. I'd say until we hear something a little more solid, this is a lot of hearsay. But uh, we shall see. So, you know, there's, a, there's definitely some beneficial exchanges here, I think, because of, of a couple of things. And I've talked about this before, where you have Microsoft with a great service, right? They have Xbox Live. They have Game Pass. They've created this ecosystem that has a lot of great content and an interesting delivery system as well. And then you have Nintendo, which basically owns the handheld market, right? If you come out with a console, they're the ones that you're fighting. So with a portable handheld console, they're the ones that you're fighting. You're not really going against Sony or Microsoft. Microsoft hasn't had a, con- a portable console. Sony's had what the PSP and the Vita. It's you know it's been some time since those systems were out, but you know that's Nintendo's bread and butter. So if you can get Xbox games on this really popular handheld, Microsoft doesn't need to build that hardware. It's already out there. It's in people's homes. They just need to leverage that market. So, and at the same time, in terms of games, Nintendo has this, I'll call it childish, uh, you know, a kiddie focused um, game library where, you know, most of the titles are, what Mario, your what, Kirby's and all that stuff, and you know, I, I know that they do have some other titles out there. I'll say more grown-up titles, but you know, the the 3DS and Game Boy and all those have traditionally targeted a younger audience. Well, if they can get the Xbox experience on there, hey, that is a huge opportunity for people to buy their console, to buy their handheld. And increase their sales. Because I know a whole bunch of people that would jump on a Switch and grab it immediately if they could play Xbox games on the go. I mean, this is especially for people that travel. Because if you could play those same games on a Switch as you travel, then you don't have to bring your console. Because I know Mark brings his console often when he travels and, you know, makes your luggage. Um, heavier and it's something you have to worry about. Is it going to break, get stolen? You never know. So, um, you know, it's an interesting take, I guess, uh, on the relationship between the two companies and, you know, better together, right? (laughs) Better together than apart. So I think that was about it here. Yeah, that's about it. So only a couple of things, uh, to talk about this particular week. All right, uh, going on to, into the community section. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can go to sexboxlife.com, click on the send voicemail widget, which is on the right-hand side of the screen, and leave us up to a 30-second, sorry, 90-second voicemail. If you need to leave a longer message, just record more than one, or you can send a recording mp3, uh, for example, to contact at thisxboxlife.com. And this week, we have, a message from Catflap out of the UK. All right, Catflap, what do you have to say today?
1: Hi, Rob, Catflap1970 here from the UK. Just re-listening to a few of your shows because I'm a little behind you to work commitments. Um, The Google streaming cloud service thingy. Could this be the end of classic consoles as we know it? How do people feel about this? I mean, how do people feel about the the consoles we all know and have grown up with from the very early days of uh, Sega, uh, Nintendo, Jaguar, Atari, to a cloud sort of boxless gaming um, system? How does everyone in the community feel about this? Is it an end of an era? Is it an end of the classic gaming. I've got a daughter arriving in a month's time. I wonder what she's going to be seeing in the future. What's it going to be like, gentlemen?
0: Hey, thanks for that message uh, as always. So you bring up an interesting point and my personal take on that is that I think we are in for a change if this stuff actually takes off because we've had streaming services in the past, what, like uh, the one that Sony bought and on live was it? it started with a G. Um, I don't exactly remember what it was called, but anyway, it became what PS now or whatnot. But anyway, so we've had these in the past and they actually haven't like taken off. Maybe they were before, ahead of their time. Technology wasn't quite there yet, but Hey, it's 2019 the cloud is a huge thing in business for many different aspects whether it's you know data services video communications uh, collaboration that's the hot thing right now for all businesses you know you the companies don't really want to keep stuff within their own server rooms they want to put it to the cloud which is technically just somebody else's computer so instead of your own you're doing somebody else's. And just like a lot of things in the past where, you know, first generation didn't make it, generation two sometimes did. And if this stuff does take off, you know, we're, we're, I think we're in for a change now that Stadia is uh, rumored to be out, right? Uh, sometime this year, I think. Then. Actually, I think it's more than rumored. I think they actually said it in their conference. But if that does take off, you know, the library is an issue, right? Because right now it's only, what, two games that they have in their library. But if that stuff does take off, you know, we're in for a change. And if it's executed well, if bandwidth is available for people, uh, it definitely has a chance to be a game changer. Because initially, you know, we look at services like Netflix. I remember thinking to myself, you know, who'd want to watch Netflix? I mean, just watch it on TV. You know, internet kind of stinks. It's slow. You know, the quality's not as good. And, you know, that all changed. And, you know, over the, what, past 10 years that Netflix has been around, you know, they've also changed their business model. Originally it was just discs. You rent your discs. Now, I don't think it most people even think of that part of their service. They just think streaming and it's on every device, right? It's on TVs, on Roku's, it's on your phone, it's on your tablet, it's on your Xbox. I mean, you name it, you can you can basically watch it. And you know, it's changed how our consumption goes. And I was thinking about this with my son in particular. He's so used to that where video on demand, you know, you sit there and you watch your show, you, you know, whatever you want, it's available for you. You know, if there's an interruption. You just pause it, come back to it later. I remember when I was little, you know, dealing with the VCR and if you forgot to record something, it was gone forever. Maybe you caught it on a rerun in the summer, hopefully, but you know, you, you had to hear about the show secondhand from people because you weren't going to see it again. And also you were glued to your TV at a specific time, right? If the show was on at seven, you were, you were at home. You made it a point to be home before the show started so you could watch it. That whole culture has changed. And now it's video on demand whenever, whatever you want. It's really just a choice of what service do you choose to watch it on for, for most things. That's like your only really real choice commercials most of us don't even see commercials anymore you know i remember when my son saw the commercials for the first time he was like kind of confused by it because he didn't have that on netflix when you would watch the shows on there or um or so forth And, and so it was interesting and you know that's just in the course of 10 years it's been such a change for video consumption you know to go that far and if this takes off It's going to be gaming as well because technically unless there's some like huge need, why would you really need to have a console for for most people, you know, because I still think hardcore gamers are going to want to have a console. At least I would feel better about it maybe until third, fourth, fifth generation of the systems come out. But I would want to have a console just for the best possible experience and maybe, hey, that's... You know we're stuck in the past you know because you know i look at some of my history of of things that i even do today like i download podcasts to my phone every week i can stream them i can absolutely stream them whenever i want i don't have to download them but i feel better about having it on my storage space for some reason i don't know why i, I guess the benefit there is if you have it if it gets removed you still have it, and you can still consume it. Whereas, if you stream it, if the site gets taken down, or if the feed gets you know blown away, or something like that, then then you'll miss it. I guess that's the one benefit. But anyway, I've kind of gone on a long tangent. But uh, you know, I, I do think that you know we're at the beginning of a change of how gaming is going to be consumed. And I talked last week a little bit about how. The, the biggest benefits to some of these services, like Stadia, xCloud, is that's really going to be to the folks that can't participate in gaming, right? Well, actually, no, I don't think I talked about this. I think I posted it on the Facebook group. Um, but I will talk about it now. So one of the big possible benefits of these streaming services is that it is going to be a huge benefit for people that either can't afford gaming hardware or they have old gaming hardware. Because for example, on a PC, if you wanna play the latest games, you have to have a high-end graphics card well to get the best experience. You should have a high-end graphics card, CPU, not as huge of a factor, but still it's, it's important. Memory is important. Windows version is fairly important. You know, you need to be on Windows 10. Hard drive, you know, you have to have the hard drive space. So there's a barrier to entry for some folks if if you're not up on the latest technology, right? So by having the streaming service that removes all of that, so somebody who's got old hardware, who's maybe got a PC that's five or more years old, if you can get a, a recent OS on it, you can probably partake in this or on a tablet or some other device right you don't need to spend all this money to upgrade accounts you know your system to get all of that stuff or you don't need to buy a two three hundred dollar xbox right in order to get that experience so that's going to be the main benefit and we'll see right we'll kind of see what's going to happen for the hardcore gamers, I don't know how beneficial it's going to be. Um, I'll say for us, because you know we already have all that stuff at home. A lot of us have more than one Xbox, right? We have one in our gaming room, one for the family. Some folks have them at every TV because that's how you consume your content. And you know, for those folks, I don't know how much of a benefit it's going to be. I really don't know if it will keep people from upgrading because if they come out with Xbox two, three, we'll just use that naming cycle. I think a lot of us are gonna get those anyway. However, when you're on the go, I can see the benefit there because, you know, let's say we're gaming at home and then we're at lunch or we're killing time at an airport. Hey, that's a perfect time to play on your phone. You know you won't get the same experience. It might not be as good graphically, but you get to continue the storyline. You get to have some, you know, fun while you're waiting. And it's okay to not get that perfect experience. But then when you go back home, you just pick up your console and continue where you left off. So that's going to be pretty cool. But I think the biggest benefits are going to be not to the hardcore gamer, but to everybody else. And it's going to be a change. We'll see this... I believe firmly that this will happen. I don't know if it'll happen this year. It might happen next generation, but everything will change. And, you know, our kids are going to hardly remember how the stuff was before, you know, kind of like how kids now, you know, oh, you you listen to music on records or eight tracks or cassettes or even discs. Eh, Most folks don't even have those now. You just stream it all, right? You just stream it, it's always available on a phone, on a mobile device, whatever. So we're in, I don't know if I'd call it a renaissance, but we're, we're in for a change, and, and it's coming. It's coming, the, you know, we're, we shifted from retail to digital, and, you know, it's not 100% digital, but, you know, the, the change is there. I know I've done that this past console generation. I think I'm down to one disk now that I don't have on digital and it's just a matter of time but uh, yeah we'll'll we'll, we'll see oh and by the way congratulations cat flap on uh, on your child I guess what a month away approximately then you're gonna be busy you're either gonna have more time for gaming or less time for gaming don't know which but <laughs> best of luck to you with uh, with the newborn there righty so uh, going back on to um, the community section. We've got uh, a Twitter account, thisxboxlife.com forward slash Twitter is a quick way to find it or just search for at Life. And we've got a Facebook group that's uh, it's called this Box Life. The quick way to get there is thisxboxlife.com forward slash Facebook. It's a closed group. If you're not a member, you have to ask uh, to join it. There's two easy questions. Answer those questions, please, in order to get entry. Uh, it's a closed group, uh, which means, of course, you have to become a member in order to post, see the messages, and then also it keeps messages contained in there and hopefully the spammer's out. All righty, so that's about it. With that, uh, on to this week's retail releases. Okay. Okay, Rob. All right, this week's retail releases. Got a couple of things here. Uh, this is for the week of April 15th, Monday, April 15th through April 18th. On the 15th, we have Eternity, the Last Unicorn. On the 16th, World War Z. My time at Portia. I think it's Porsche or it's Portia. That uh, game's been out on PC for a little while. And um, on the sixteenth also, Worlds of World of Warships World of Warships Legends. On the 16th also, Final Fantasy 10. 10-2 HD remaster. I don't know if I should say X, Final Fantasy X, X2. Anyway, Final Fantasy X, two versions there. And then on the 17th. Truebrook, Truebrook, that's hard to say fast. Truebrook and then uh, Snooker 19, Revenant Saga. On the 18th, we have Anniversary Collection, Arcade, Classics, Konami. There's some old, 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 old school stuff in there, including Haunted Castle, Typhoon, Nemesis, Vulcan Venture. That was maybe Gradius 2. Life Force, Thundercross, Scramble. That was my jam. I loved Scramble, and I still do. Although, I can't say it's as playable now as it was in the past. That was one where you had this spaceship that... So, side-scrolling, and... um, you were facing to the right and you could either shoot straight across or drop bombs below. So there were rockets and things that would go from like cave walls and shooting up. So you either could blow them up as they flew up in front of you, or you can drop your bombs on them in this arc. So I was love that game. Love that game. And um, so scramble and twin B. And then also on the 18th, we have God's trigger and iron Snout, so yeah, it's a fair amount of games there. No big AAA titles, although I know some folks really like that. Uh, my time at Portia, Portia, and then of course World War Z. That one is Xbox One X enhanced. Oh, and World of Warships, and a lot of folks like those World of Tanks, Warships, and all those games. There's a lot of big fans of that series. Okay, and then uh, Games with Gold. We have One More Day on the 15th tomorrow uh, for Xbox One Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Uh, that one leaves the rotation. On Tuesday, we have Outcast, Second Contact. And then for the entire month of April, we have Technomancer. That one is April 1st through the 30th. For the 360 and backwards compatible... You've got one more day to grab Star Wars Battlefront 2 Classic Edition. Uh, that one is leaving tomorrow. And then this is a fantastic game on the 16th, Graw 2. So that's Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2. It's a long title, but it's a good game. Really good game. So uh, look for those switcheroo here. The switcheroo's happening in the next uh, 48 hours or so. All right, and then uh, closing announcements. Uh, if you make any purchase any purchase on Amazon, make sure to use our affiliate link. Go to the sexboxlife.com and click, or forward slash Amazon, or click on the Amazon logo. Then it'll take you to a landing page. Click on Appropriate Store, UK, US. Uh, do that each and every time you make your purchase on Amazon. We get a little finder's fee for sending you their way. And it doesn't cost you anything extra, but it's a great way to support the show. Also, if you're on uh, Amazon prime and you've hooked it to Twitch, so you've got the Twitch prime, make sure to subscribe to this Xbox life because you get your free subscription one a month. So uh, we greatly appreciate it. If you send that our way. Also, if you're an iTunes user, uh, make sure to find us within the iTunes store, give us a five star review. The more of those that we get, the more we get bumped in the rankings. In the iTunes Store. Also follow us on Mixer Twitch and YouTube. And thanks to Learned Your Lesson for the music. So that's about it for the show here. Episode two twenty, right? Something like that. Two twenty? sorry, not two. Five hundred twenty-four. It's about three hundred episodes ago. So episode five twenty-four, Frosty Summer. It's frosty because Frost Punk is coming, and then it's also frosty here today. We had uh, four inches of snow on April 14th. Yeah, it's fantastic. But it's going to be 50 tomorrow, so it's probably going to be all gone. But uh, thanks for joining me for episode uh, 524. I'm Rob, also known as Presar. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you all next week.